0: Our gospel reading comes from the book of John in the 19th chapter, starting in the 16th verse. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross to a place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with, with him two others, one on either side What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see for whose it shall be. This is to fill the scripture which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things by standing by the cross of Jesus where his mother and his mother's sister Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her to his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said, To fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Peace and blessings today on this Good Friday. We find ourselves on Good Friday in a continuance of the reverence that began on Monday, Thursday. In the upper room, Jesus has washed his disciples' feet. The Passover meal has been shared. The new covenant, the Lord's Supper, has been installed by Jesus Christ, by his blood, and by his body. Jesus has been arrested, tried in the Sanhedrin and before Pontius Pilate. And his followers have scattered in fear. Now, Jesus has suffered, as was prophesied many years before his earthly death, Incarnation. So we come to the cross The brutal, ugly, humiliating cross That terrible rugged cross that tortured, humiliated And eventually killed people for over 500 years in history On that same cross we find the single most focused event to ever occur the great crossroad that binds all of God's word together. Every prophecy, every event, every foreshadowing led to this very moment. It all points to Jesus Christ. And in fact, it all points to Jesus Christ on the cross. In this very moment, Jesus took on our sin. This sin, this mess of ours, See, we are the sheep who have gone astray. It is our sickness he carried. Our pains he bore. It is our sin that pierced him. Our iniquities that crushed him. He carried in that moment the sheer weight of every sin that has existed and ever will exist. In this, Jesus fulfilled not only the prophecies foretold by the prophets, but he fulfilled the very law itself. Luke twenty-four forty-four says that he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And then in Matthew five seventeen, Do you not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets? I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So today when we come to God's Word, and we are confronted by the imagery of Jesus on the cross, we are also confronted by the law and the gospel. It is the law that shows our iniquities, our need for a Savior. This is what we see in Romans 3, 23 and 24. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. That redemption is on the cross. Christ's righteousness and our sinfulness. This parallels what we read moments ago in the 53rd chapter of Isaiah. Isaiah. Jesus is the servant who is humiliated, but he is also God who must be exalted. The gospel is Jesus Christ himself, and it is brought into fruition by Jesus who is broken, bloodied, tortured, and dying on a cross. This parallel is not lost on God. This is why Jesus taught it in practice to his disciples. He taught this as he himself stooped to wash their feet. Jesus humbly submitted himself to the anguish of the cross and the humiliation of the public execution of crucifixion. And he did this for you and for I and for all people everywhere. From a human perspective, Jesus' death on the cross is counterintuitive. It doesn't make sense. We cannot wrap our head around it. Likewise, it didn't make sense to his disciples. That's why they ran and cowered in fear. They're human. But Jesus spoke to his disciples often about his coming, suffering, and death. He was teaching them this very thing. John two fourteen through 15 says, And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness so the Son of Man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in Him will have eternal life. But why? Why did Jesus have to die in such a way? Because it was necessary. And because it was God's Word. And because the wages of sin is death. Jesus' death is the only, only sufficient sacrifice for the sins of humanity. As first John 2 2 says, He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. And not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. Jesus' death was not a just a remedy, not just a temporary band aid for a human problem. It was the only remedy for sin Jesus understood because he is God that he was the only way that he must be lifted up on a cross as the only perfect sacrifice for the weight of sin when he prayed to his heavenly father in the garden Jesus knew exactly what was going to happen and of course he knew it would not be easy he knew the cross would be excruciating But he also knew that the pain on the cross was nothing to the weight of the sin that he was to bear. But Jesus chose obedience. Obedience to accomplish what was meant to take place on that cross. Obedience to death. This was the reason he came to be with us. As Emmanuel, God with us. The culmination of everything We see in scripture. From the foundation of time, God has planned to send his only begotten son to reconcile all people to him. When the angel instructed Mary and Joseph to name their newborn child Jesus, it was because he would be the Messiah. Jesus' death was a promised sacrifice. John even takes time to make special notes to remind us of all the details of Jesus' death that were foretold by the prophets hundreds of years before his birth. Jesus' death was the ultimate sacrifice and filled the sacrificial system given to Moses to atone for the people's sins. The atonement of sins throughout the Old Testament itself is simply a foreshadowing that was before Christ's sacrifice. Any other sacrifice other than Christ simply wasn't sufficient. Jesus, with his sinless life, was perfect. He is the unblemished lamb laid on the altar as God's own sacrifice for all. This is the core foundation of our faith, solidified permanently by what Christ accomplished on the cross so we are justified back into relationship with our creator through Jesus' redemptive work on the cross theologian Carl Broughton explained the forgiveness of sins like a bridge spanning the Grand Canyon on one side there is us on the other is fellowship with God The possibility of us being able to create a bridge on our own accord to cross that span is much like hurling ourselves off the ledge. We will never get there. Christ alone is the one who spans that insurmountable traverse between our sinfulness and God's holiness to bring us back into fellowship with God. This is not only what the prophet Isaiah was pointing to, but the fact that all of Scripture is zeroed in on this one moment in time. Everything beforehand was either a foreshadowing, a prophecy, or was a work of God to bring about this very moment. Jesus Christ on the cross. The work is done. As both the declaration of the giving up of his spirit, but even more profoundly, our Lord and Savior declares that the feet of sin, it is finished. Thanks be to God. Amen.